Hello, everybody. Welcome. It is UK Cowboys TV season one, episode number 63. Uh, this week, we are still continuing on with the positional breakdown to end season one. This week, we have the brains, the brawns, and the beauty, though, to get through it all. I'm going to let you lot decide who's who. I'm just the jester, so <laughs> so uh, we have a full Celtic crew. We got the two Scots, uh, Paul and Graham. We've got the luck of the Irish with Brian Am, myself, Mike from Wales. Uh, so how are we all doing, guys? Are we all doing good? Mm. Uh, not too good. bad. Not too bad. Doing yeah. good. Doing good. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost there for the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting uh, it is little snippets where. Like I, I'm, I'm like re, I'm, I'm like an AC voltage wave going up and down. Where it's like, mm, season's not going to happen. Season, and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, hold on a minute. You say what? And then it's like, there is going to be a football season. Then it all goes back to shit again. Hmm. No, I, I think there, I think there will be. I think there will. even if they have to delay it to the spring, there is far too much money involved. And at the end of the day, money talks, especially across the pond. So I even if they have to put it off till the spring, hold the draft after the season and then give the players mm. three months off as opposed to the six, I think it'll still happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there has been talk about um, the NFL speaking to the NCAA about what they're doing with their games because some of them are shifting to spring. So there's some talk of having the NFL draft in June. I think that's pretty mm. cool, actually. Yeah. Summer. Oh, idea, I mean, at least all the all the tape will be fresh, and the college scouts will have it right in the back of their mind for when they start uh, getting around the war room. So why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, we could do our live draft show, and because it's summertime, we could do a live draft show with all our barbecues on. Why not? It's summertime. It'd be nice and warm out still. My barbecue's always on. <laughs> I want to get one of them Traeger grills. Have you seen them? I have. I they have. Got the but, bomb, but, they? but they're like but, a grand. My egg, oh. piss, my egg pisses all over those Traeger grills. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, Grant. if you yeah, if you want to look at them, mate, they, they, yeah. they only use wood, right? And what you do is it's all done off your phone as well. So say you've got like, um, I don't know you're cooking steaks. You put the probe into your steak. Yeah. You tell, you go on your phone, you tell it uh, what meat you're cooking, how you want it and how smoky you want it. And it just does it for you. That takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. In some way. <laughs> yeah. But I just want one just to be like, I want maximum smokiness. Rare. Unless it's pork or chicken. I don't like that rare. No, that's, that's fake. No. <laughs> that's dangerous. I'm, 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 I'm going to honestly say it. The big green egg changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we've officially no longer become the UK Cowboys TV podcast. It's the barbecue podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone off the rails before you've even started. Anyway, guys. I was, I was just a bit serious. When did we start becoming a bloody cooking channel? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> the next thing we'll just sit, we'll sit, we'll have a, like a little clip next of Paul in nothing but an apron flipping eggs. Why am I always the bloody guinea pig here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I'm, I'm, I've got the physique of a Roman Greek Empire or whatever you want to fucking say, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, I, can, I can just imagine Paul in his best Al- Alden Smith mode with a bottle of Buckfast in one hand. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. I should, I should Gene Lockhart that question because he actually held that bottle of Botfast when I was in Texas. <laughs> We've seen drunk naked Paul before. Oh, yeah, you yeah, have actually. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> anyway, let's try and steer this uh, vehicle back on track. <laughs> Chewy. Um, yes, we're talking then about the linebackers uh, this week. Um, we did the defensive line last week, uh, but before we break into that, 
let's just get some news. Uh, so first of all, breaking news. Um, it's obviously at the moment the the Cowboys news is fairly quiet, apart from the dark situation. Um, but uh, around the league. Uh, breaking is Miles Garrett is about to get paid in the Browns $125 million deal. Um, so mm. I'm, I'm gonna say it, he's overrated. Uh, and I, I think, know Mike is gonna disagree because he's an AM fan. I, even, even if he's <laughs> AM, honestly, I think the guy he is good, he's great. He's a physical um, specimen. He's definitely that. Um, in other news, defensive tackle Chris Jones uh, from the Chiefs, he's been paid. Another big, uh, another big mm. deal going on over there. But more importantly, there's the half billion dollar deal <laughs> that we've been talking about, which has dropped this week, which is the Pat Mahomes deal. What does everybody make of that then? It deserves. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I love it. Deserves it. I love it. Excuse. I think they've they've taken away the uncertainty of the QB position for the next 10 years. Yeah. They've locked down a franchise guy who keeps his nose clean, knows how to win games on his own. He's already been to the Super Bowl. He's got his ring, and they're set at QB for the next 10 years. They can they yeah. can forget about drafting a blue-chip talent and the worry of it. They can focus on other areas of the team. Yeah. And it, it seems to be, the way the league is going, looking at the numbers it seems to be that he'll be paid relatively well on the way up the ladder. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, I think towards the end of the deal, it's something in the region of $50 million, which, let's face it, by then we'll be bang on. Yeah. I think it's 2027 when it starts hitting the $50 million a year. But like yeah, you say, yeah. increments going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you think about it as well, is, it's, a take, like, it's the whole 10-year contract. He's actually, this is unprecedented here. Like this is no one's ever done this before, like and this to me like if the whole argument with Dak we're we're just about to talk about is like he wants a shorter term contract but we want to travel a longer term but it just comes to show how much we are willing to give for a much longer term it might actually work and who knows yeah yeah I mean it, it, although in terms of this deal we have seen before uh, I think it was was that, was it uh, no, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was it Brett Favre who went on a life term contract with the Packers? Mm-hmm. He signed something self, like that. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a, like, a, like li- the, a life term contract. Wasn't it? Like the only contract I can recall, um, it's been so much longer. It was Tyron Smith's, I believe. It was his not like a seven year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, and wasn't that a seven-year extension? I think, like, oh, well, seven, it well, was, seven, yeah, well, seven-year extension. It was tying them to the Cowboys for ten years. I believe. I believe now. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. So that's, that's technically what's just happened with Mahomes. It's pretty much yeah. an extension, a ten-year yeah. extension. So, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's just uh, we're actually starting to see like more of these type of contracts now starting to kind of, but a ten-year though that is just ridiculous though a ten-year. Mm-hmm. Just a just a quick Google. <laughs> yeah, you will laugh at this. And apart, according to thescore.com, Drew Bledsoe t- signed a ten year deal with the Patriots. Does That's anybody right. want to guess at how much it was? Oh my god, it won't even be that much. A hundred and three million. Wow. <laughs> For ten years. <laughs> wow. Imagine that. that That's like ten not... ten million a year, like. That's... That's yeah. why you see for two money nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, put it this way: there's some linebackers on this uh, that we're looking oh, at today yeah. or earning more than that. Yeah. Christ, like, yeah. But even even backups get paid more than that. Yeah. 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 So Andy Dalton will be making that money. Well, yeah, we, well, how much, well, how much is he making a season? Is it not like two million? It's about three million on the right. cap. Yeah. So it is. Um. Yeah, no, it's three million on the cap this year. Crazy times, man! Crazy times. Mahomes is a slam dunk for the Chiefs. They've they've got their they've got their guy. He he'll retire a Chief. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Unless unless he does some stupid, he'll retire a Chief. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? We've seen weird scenarios before. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, he was Andy Reid's project. So oh yeah, we're sitting there happy. 
happy you know, as was Harry. Do you know what I didn't realise? Like I know we're talking about the Chiefs here, but I didn't realise the former Browns GM John Dorsey was the one that wanted Mahomes. I yeah. didn't realise that until yeah. I watched the NFL drafts. Like I've been watching the old ones back in the day, like when the whole Manziel Mania, all that stuff. Where, yeah. Like yeah. and and I went through the like the one when Mahomes got drafted and that, and oh, he sees big John Dorsey in the the war room for Kansas City. I was like, wait, wait. I didn't know that. Mm. <laughs> so, so he was the guy responsible for Mahomes as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But the um, I'm just I'm just looking at the the structure of the contract, and the funny thing is, after 2024, um, the Chiefs can get out of this contract. Yes, they can. I noticed that. They, the so, dead cap isn't yeah, so there's absolutely no dead cap hit after in after 2024 season is out. Yeah. So they've given themselves what five years effectively with yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. So whilst whilst yeah, it's great to say it's a 10 year deal. You know, God forbid, and nothing ever happens. The chap, you know, it is as great as a 10 year deal for him, but. The, the Chiefs have an out if anything does happen over the next couple of years. It's also it's just more of a security. It's just more of a security mm. blanket more than anything. Because it's it's like football. Like quarterback is the most important position, but anything could happen. Any like it all takes is one hat. All takes is one hat. I mean, look at Andrew Luck. Yeah. Yeah. True. That that you know the, there's also a generation changing. There's a generation that's never going to see. That's all quarterback because coming out of Stanford, Andrew Luck was going to be like we talked about generation changing. Yeah, mm. there's also an element of um, kind of post Andy Reid about it as well. So yeah. if the new yeah. guy doesn't fancy Andy Reid, I know there's no there's a no trade clause in there, mm. but just yes. if they decide to move on, they can they can move on in twenty twenty two uh, seven, as you say, and yeah. is it twenty twenty five they can move 2025, on twenty twenty five, yeah. So they can. You know, if, if the new guy comes in and for some reason it doesn't click, there's a note, which is clever mm. as well, but Mahomes isn't going to, yeah. you know, he's not going to quibble about that. Well, yeah. we, we all kind of said that when it comes to Green Bay, they're not going to get rid of Rodgers until what, what just happened in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so. I, I, talking of that, the, the Green Bay Packers can't really move Rodgers. The, the, the dead cap hit on him oh, this no. year and next year is massive. It's huge. It's like yeah. 30 million. I, st- I still find it so questionable what the hell they were doing in that draft. Uh, yeah, I think they're setting themselves up. When, yeah. when, when you consider the some of the receivers that were available to them, I know when, when Rogers is like no, the poor, poor Graham's dad must be frustrated as hell. Yeah, you know that that they don't they didn't need a quarterback and they no. took one. It yeah. just makes no sense, do you know. Yeah, but I, then and, and when <laughs> It's like you said, where like they need a wide receiver. I wouldn't like I don't recall them ever drafting a wide receiver under Rogers yeah. in the first round. Don't even think even the second round. It's always been like third rounders, fourth rounders, and that. So I could be he, wrong, he but thinks, he thinks they're ready to win now, and that's why they've done it. They don't need to supplement the talent right now. He thinks well. He thinks they think he's not necessarily convinced, but he thinks the Packers yeah. think they're going deep into the playoffs because yeah like you say with all that talent there why did they think about the future when you've got a perfectly good QB with two years of decent guarantees in his contract they're not moving on from Rodgers like you say for at least yeah. another two years and you're going you know you've all you've done is brought in a distraction for him let alone you, you know think of the talent they could have got yeah like I mean, they the what? It's Devontae Adams is their wide receiver one, but outside of that, like I can't really yeah. name wide yeah, receivers. It took, took Adams in the second round. Yeah. yeah. Um, so was that was he second round? All right. Okay. That's yeah. as high as like you say, Paul. That's as high as I think they can. Mm. I mean, uh, although I li- I like Lazard, I think Lazard. I've not even heard him. He, mm. I, I, he, he could sneak. That just comes to show my knowledge about the other you, teams. Here's yeah. a little sneaky one for you for fantasy. He could be a little sleeper for your fantasy team. And if you're taking fantasy tips off Mike, who never finished higher than uh, fifth in our in our internal Cowboys uh, <laughs> dynasty league, 
you, you, you might want to reconsider. It's a dynasty. <laughs> You've got to set yourself up. You've got to set yourself up. Which we're four years deep, deep into. Year year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, guys. Let's get into uh, linebackers then. So we'll do it how we've been doing all of uh, the positions. We'll start with the guys who stayed and then look at the guys they brought in uh, and go from there. So we'll start with the starters, going with really the main guy uh, on the linebacker defense maybe you could say he's a bit of a captain on the defense well he is is the veteran sean lee and uh, now he's 33 years old this is going to be his 11th year in the league so from penn state so here's a, here's a blast from the past i remember this as well he was taken in the second round in the 2010 draft isn't that crazy to say that <laughs> <laughs> right, so Pick number uh, fifty, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Fifty-five. Fifty-five. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now, just to go over some stats, and then I'm going to just leave you guys waffle on. Uh, he has, in his time with the Cowboys, he's had two seasons where he's played less than ten games, and he's had four seasons where he's missed two or more games. So he's been, this is 11 years, so 10 years. In those 10 years, six of those years, he's not finished 16-game season. On -hmm. the plus side, he did do it last year. His first year, he's had a 16-game season. Which I find is quite remarkable considering... Like, when you, yeah, as much as much we all love Sean Lee, but bloody hell, I was really surprised he made it through the whole season. Yeah, really surprised. Well, I mean, especially when you talk of Sean Lee, you know, when when people talk of General Lee, you know, you're thinking of this guy yeah. who's the, the 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 staple of the linebacker core. Um, but what was crazy to say is, although he had 16 game season last year. He actually recorded, in terms of tackles, his fourth lowest in his career. He only had 86 tackles on mm-hmm. the season, which is the fourth lowest. The other three being years where he's played uh, seven games for the season. I think there was one where he had 30 tackles for the year. Um, Do you think that maybe just down to the fact that he was more rotated in with other linebackers, I think? There is a, this yeah. is where we are yeah. going to come to, yeah. yeah. And like a bit of, with the way things were going with LVE, you could see that they were trying to to cushion him a little bit because they didn't want yeah. two of their main linebackers going down because mm-hmm. of the premise of Sean Lee being injury prone. Um, yeah. Now, just to give it, and I'll let you guys take over, the only other things he took on last year's stat line was a sack and interception, four pass deflections and three tackles for a loss. Um, so uh, he is, of course, this year on a one-year contract extending for one year mm-hmm. uh for four and a half million uh so i'm going to check it out to you guys waffle on is he worth the deal yeah yes absolutely yeah. <clears throat> okay it's his it's his mental game mm-hmm. it's just it, it's not like he just knows how to be at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. he's, he's just got a great football mind and it's something that can easily be pa- passed on to the other players like Jalen and LVE and all the other guys in that linebacker core. And and you see, and you remember when we had the All or Nothing TV series? It's on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Yeah. The, the the video clips have shown Lee like the amount of time he does in preparation and that like he's it's just a great example of a leader that can actually help influence make other players better. So. Even if he's not even on the field, he's still making an impact, and I'm more than happy to pay him that money. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think uh, Paul said the nail on the head. Can't agree more. Um, he's worth that money in terms of just what he means to the, to the position and to the defense as well. Uh, I think he's still captain. Is that right? He's still a captain. No, oh, he's not mm-hmm. still a captain. No, Jalen's okay. captain. Okay. Yes, um, well, I mean, you just have to look at. Um, is this based on captains from last season? Yeah, last season. I presume yeah. the captains not been set for this year. Yeah, yeah. they haven't been announced yeah. yet. Okay. Just I mean, I, I just look at the. You only have to go to the, the Super Bowl winners to realize that um, there's two ex Cowboys linebackers on it, and Damien Wilson and Anthony Hitchens as well. They've mm-hmm. now got their rings. So yeah. they had to learn it from somebody. Mm-hmm. Got to learn, they've, they've learned it from. Uh, from Lee, effectively, he's 
he just seems to be the type of ultimate professional. That's why he's still playing. That's why he's so important to us. Um, I don't think we've, aside from aside from the two early picks, there seemed to be a stage where we kind of took middle linebacker for for granted, and then we kind of started to supplement it with Van Der Esch and uh, Smith, who we'll get yeah. onto. But Lee has been the linchpin of that of that position uh, yeah. and the defense for such a long time, mm-hmm. and he's worth every penny still. Especially when it comes to the run defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, you just know, like, of all of all the things that Sean Lee does the best, he he knows how to force the uh, the running back, like especially in the run game, force him out of bounds to try and not mm-hmm. get him upfield. He's so good at doing that, covering ground, make, making the the area for the running backs with no room to go, but have to but force them to go out of bounds, and that's yeah. something that's something that's really hard to teach. It's just again, mm-hmm. it's it's all down to that. It's all about the like football knowledge. Yeah, it's yeah. like as his as his legs get slower, his his brain and his football brain gets faster. Oh, you know oh, that yeah. it, it just seems to keep keep going and keep producing for us. But like you say, he's played sixteen games because he is starting to rotate a little bit yeah. now. But he's kind of mm. like he's kind of like that old classic car that you just can't you couldn't see leave. You know, it just yeah. it has to be there. Um, but I, I just wonder how long can that clock keep ticking? You know, he got to free, did he get to free agency? I think he, no. or was it no, 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 no. 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 I, I would see him. I would see him hit free agency next year. Unfortunately, because he's, he's one of my favorite all timers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and. I just wonder if another year the rotation gets longer and longer and mm. longer, and you, you just wonder how long his body can hold up as well. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I think like when the years to come, when he does actually officially retire, I think there always will be a place for him within the Cowboys community in terms of like oh, well, that, if, it's I, part, that, if it's part of coaching staff or being an assistant or yeah. something like that. Like, that's definitely something that he can definitely excel on when yeah. post football, mm-hmm. like post playing yeah. career. Definitely. Aye, that, that's something we've not even talked about. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up as a, a D coordinator for somebody. Maybe oh, even head coach. Yeah. Like, if you if if you look at it this way, right, and I've we all see the clips on the sidelines yeah. from the NFL film, and I'm actually going to flip it back ten years when Sean Lee was still in college, and I'm not sure if it was the Fiesta Bowl or the Orange Bowl that Penn State were playing in, and he'd blown out his ACL, and he was the de facto defensive coordinator. You could you they they had him on the sideline and I believe they had him with a clipboard in his hand. Yeah. And yeah, he was yeah. telling the defense what they needed to be doing. But if you if you bring it back to today, the amount of times you see Van der Esch and Smith sitting on a bench with Sean Lee in front of them and Sean Lee being animated, he's not roaring and shouting like someone It's guidance. It's guidance. It's this is what you need to do. You need to go this way. You're reading this guy and you're going that way. You yeah. can see he's 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 calmly explaining it. Like I mean, we just, all we all just add on top of that. He's got like the Microsoft Surface Pad as well. Like yeah. going over to the previous place, saying this is what you did wrong. Mm. If you just did this little readjustment, that you would have got him all that type of stuff. Mm. Yeah, like we all were told how great Chris Richard was for two years, yeah. and he was great because apparently he was shouting at everybody. But if you look at the two years that Van Der Esch and Smith have had, we'll say a season and a half they've had together, with Sean Lee guiding them, that far outweighs what Chris Richard did with the secondary. You know, I think the secondary is in is in a worse position, but our our linebacking core is in a great position because you have Sean Lee in that yeah. room and guiding the two players we and have. To go to go off what we was doing last week, one of the things that's going to help the likes of Sean Lee, especially, is what they've done on the D line. Yeah, mm-hmm. you will see a return to grace because obviously D line a, a lot of what we're seeing. Like, well, I, I'll go over the, the you know the rest of the linebacking uh, call now. When it, it, it's the same across the board, that the, the stats do look dire, but that explains to you straight away. It was the D line not clogging the it, not clogging the gaps. 
Yeah. Yeah. As much as I hate to admit it, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I know an offensive lineman is, you know, only ever so slightly bigger than a linebacker, but, uh, you know, they're never going to win that battle. It, like you said, like, what, see the way how the defense works. It's, it's, a, it's a chain effect. If the first line doesn't do their job, then the second string, which is the linebackers, they're going to have to work overtime. And, yeah. mm. and now they're working overtime. The corners are have to find two things at once. So that's where we're getting exposed. So it all goes back to the front line. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It all starts in the trenches. Yeah. Um, but going to our next guy is a guy we just mentioned, Mr. Jalen Smith. Uh, now, this is a 25-year-old guy. Uh, we all know the Jalen Smith story from the senior bowl. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much shattered everything from the knee down. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> I, I actually watched the game. I didn't see... It happened, but I've seen a replay afterwards, and I, I even I went. <laughs> when yeah. I, I mean, uh, th- but that area of the bone is not supposed to bend that way. Yeah. And who caused that injury? I know. Yeah, yeah. It was one of our <laughs> lot, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was our. It was our very own Mister Twenty One, Mister <laughs> Elias. <laughs> um, and that was a uh, going back to 2016. So mm. um, we've had three. His first year was IARD, rightly so. Yeah, um, rehab and reconstructing the the the, the knee and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now uh, he was taken in the second round, a thirty-fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Um, now he was. Obviously, because he was a fourth rounder, uh, you don't get the fifth year option. They've already gone down the route of uh, extending Jalen based on uh, not the season just gone, the season before that, where he had a phenomenal year. He's on a six year deal, uh, $68 million. In 2020, 7.7 million uh, on the cap. In 2025, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Last year's stats, a a bit down. Uh, as I say, due to various reasons mm-hmm. uh, with the D-line. Uh, now, he had 142 tackles, two and a half sacks, two false fumbles, one fumble recovery, an interception, nine pass deflections, and six tackles for a loss. So, it's still not that bad. It's still, it's still, well, a, decent, it's still a decent stat. It's, it's a good stat line. It's very consider, consider, considering he's walking double, double the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say uh, as I hand uh, it back over to you guys, the only thing I will say with Jalen Smith is he didn't look this year as composed as we've seen in 2018. He seemed to be, um, what's the best way to describe him? It's just like he just needed to stop overthinking things and overrunning mm-hmm. things. It seemed to be like he was trying to do too much at once. And it's like, well, slow down, calm down. You know what you're doing. Stop trying to overcomplicate it. So here's my thought process behind that. That could be maybe down to the fact the pressure of being captain could be a factor. Possibly. There's a, a lot of responsibility. I'll, I'll, I'll counter that that my own thoughts on this right if you if if you take the first eight games of last season in isolation he was playing with Leighton van der Esch the whole time and I think nearly every post-game show we did Jalen was always being mentioned as one of our best yeah, defensive yeah. Oh, yeah. players yeah. van der Esch got injured missed the second half of the season and we didn't talk about Jalen as much. And my my thought process on it was, is that he was so comfortable with, J- with Leighton Van Der Esch there beside him that they were working hand in glove. They knew what the other player was going to do. And when Van Der Esch wasn't there, and this is no knock because Sean Lee was filling in there, he yep. just wasn't as comfortable. And he just... it's. Uh, it feeds into Paul's point then of I think then the captaincy started affecting him because he felt I have to take all of this on my own. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually the way how you can explain that I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Definitely, uh, I can I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll get get to you now, Gray. Uh, the one thing I was going to add 
that I forgot to mention is uh, just to put into perspective uh, with recency bias, if you like, in the in the draft, a lot of people were talking about a linebacker this year, Isaiah Isaiah Simmons. Now, yeah. if we mm-hmm. go back to 2016, when Jalen Smith was available uh, pre-injury, that's what Jalen Smith was. He was the he was the he, Simmons. He, he was he, he was, was the, the, he was a top ten pick. He was yep, a top ten pick. A top three, top three. Yeah. Um, there was, was the consideration that, that he was that he would have been the Cowboys' pick if he had been fully, if he had been fully healthy at in four. the first round. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that he would have been the pick at four, not Zeke. Do you imagine if he stepped on Citrus well? <laughs> I did, I I I'm not sure if this was the correct thinking or it was that they they believed that Jalen was a generational talent and that they thought Derrick Henry would slip into the second and they could have picked up Derrick Henry in the second. And that was that was the thought process. When Zeke or when Jalen got injured, then they flipped into the mode of right. We need a running back, we're taking Zeke. And then Jalen slipped to them in the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. Worked it, it did. Yeah, it worked. It, it worked out phenomenally well. But it, I know you had a take, Graham. If you got a yeah. take on Jalen, hit us with it, mate. Um, I, I I think it's one of the strongest areas of the defense. Um, let's face it, the competition wasn't great last year, so yeah. yeah. So we'll we're, we're take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, but I'm going to take the listeners back in time again to the Brian Brothers show. If you remember, we had him on during the season. Mm-hmm. And we were talking linebackers, and I could I could see him in the corner, want me to pull the trigger, and I couldn't do it. And then he 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 added on to the point that they weren't playing up to expectations, and mm-hmm. I hope yeah, I hope yeah. they can I hope they can find that next step. Um, but I'm not going to be too critical because they had so much else to do. As we're, mm-hmm. we were talking about, yep. you just wondered if Jalen was thinking too much. Yeah. He's, he's got his assignment, and down to the poor play of the D line last year, you just wonder, have I, have I got my assignment? And then I'm watching his assignment because I think he's going to mm-hmm. miss his assignment or not fulfill it. And you just yeah. wonder if there was too much going on in their, in their heads. Um, also wanted to touch on the Jalen Smith contract. I thought that was a breath of fresh air, not only for the Cowboys, but for the NFL. My understanding of it was there was no challenge to it. He he got a, a good offer of, was it five, a five-year extension he signed? Five years, and he, yeah. And he yeah. signed it. There was no... No hesitation. Mm, I want an extra this. I want. I don't want to do that. I don't want a trade clause. I want this, that. No, he just flat out signed it. I want to play yeah. football. And it was a breath of fresh air for the entire NFL I wish more players were like him when it came to contracting. Yeah, I, f- I find a lot of it is because Dallas was the only team that actually like like they've put all their money and investment just to get him back on the field as well. Yeah. And, oh, I find, and 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 like I've got to meet Jalen, and he's just such a, a great, high spirited guy, man. And oh, man, I, I just kind of feel as though like he's like I, I need to like show my appreciation, like for, like take the contract and just play ball and do like if it wasn't for Dallas I wouldn't be in this situation because yeah. they paid for yeah. my they paid for the fair the therapy they paid for the treatments to get the the knee mm. fixed nah, and we're, we're getting the results yeah. we are getting the results yeah yeah but think of just on that think of the players that have, have gone to win the Super Bowl average players have gone to want on to win the Super Bowl and all they can think in February is right let's see dollars let's get the checkbook out mm-hmm. to keep me because I've yeah. just won a Super Bowl. How yeah. many players have held their team to ransom when their yeah, team yeah. put them on yeah. the field? They've stuck by them. They've maybe been a late round pick. Mm-hmm. They've ended up with a Super Bowl, and when it comes to contract time, they fleece them or they go elsewhere. That's yeah. not Jalen Smith. C- correct me if I'm wrong, but the way the way how Jalen kind of approached this whole scenario remind me of what uh, Brian Urlacher did for the Bears. He just straight up just signed. You just wanted to play for the Bills. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Just wanted to play ball, continue, he's happy. Yeah. What, like more, what, you, what, what more can you love about him? Mm. Like, if you look at Graham's point, and this is well made in terms of 
And I don't want to say this player is an average player because I think he's an above average player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you look at Anthony Hitchens, who left last year in 2019 in free agency, yeah. he got the same contract as Jalen, I think, pretty much. Close which, enough, yeah. which, which of those two players would you want on your team? Yeah. For, me, well, for me, it's Jalen all day long. Do you know? That's why Jalen Smith's still here, and that's yeah. why he's here. And, yeah. and and Anthony Hitchens is gone. And I don't. I I'm not trying to disrespect Anthony Hitchens in any way. He was a great player for us, but we needed to keep Jalen Smith. Yeah, and that's that's why Anthony Hitchens I, moved I, on. Not just that, like we would have we would have given Hitchens a lot less money as well. Yeah. So so yeah. he was he was definitely thinking in terms of the the money. And I don't blame him to be honest. Was, no, you can't. You can't. Like, like, you need to try and cash in as much money as you can within yeah. your career because that is a short yeah. career playing in professional American football. Yeah. Like you 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 can't turn around and blame Hitchens because he was looking and going right. I've Jalen Ramsey, or sorry, Jalen Jalen Smith. But I also have a first round guy biting my ass off now in Leighton Van Der Esch, who's just after yeah. a great rookie season. So he he could see the writing on the wall. Yeah, he knew where his position was. So like he would just yeah. be more getting like the only type of country with the draw would make him go in rotation, and that wouldn't do too well for him. So yeah. I told like he wanted to get more game time and he wanted to get more money. So yeah, yeah. totally understandable. Yeah, definitely. And that's just the business of football. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. It's just, and it is a business. It's business yeah, for both sides. Yeah. For both sides. Uh, but going on to the next guy in the big three, uh, when it comes to the linebacker court, is our rookie sensation. Because when he came in in 2018, he just exploded onto the scene. Great 2018 season. 2019 uh, is where we will stop off with the next guy, which is Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, so he's 24 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be his third year. Uh, from State. Boise State, yeah. First rounder, taken 19th overall in the 2018 draft. Um, now he's still on his rookie contract, which means there's the fifth year option available to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the actual rookie contract they're offered, without that, is uh, a four year deal. And he's into his third, uh, so he's 3.2 mil on the cap. Nothing we can do about that because it's his, it's the rookie deal and the yeah. CBA. Um, now 2019, as I say, nine games is all we got out of him. Um, back to the old neck injury uh, that mm-hmm. was a concern with uh, Van Der Esch. Um, still, I'd done a bit of calculations as well to tie all this in. He finished uh, on the season stat line-wise with 72 tackles, half a sack, one forced fumble, three pass deflections and four tackles for a loss. If we was to equate that over a 16-game season, mm. that would be 127 tackles. Sacks, forced fumbles stay the same. Um Five pass deflections and nine tackles for a loss. So that he was effective. Oh, absolutely! Like, like the fact that he's got those stats just within just above half a season. Yeah, yeah. It, that just comes to show that how much like, and that and this kind of goes back to the the question like we were just talking about like where Jalen and Van Der are on board that like, they have that chemistry where they can like yeah. go. It's a yin and yang, you know. So yeah, uh, but I man, um, when he's when he's on the field. It makes things happen. That's yeah. true, yeah. Um, I mean, just to look at it, is the neck issue is the biggest thing. Does that concern anybody? Although he has come out and said he feels great, he's ready to work out, is the <laughs> fact that this is a long-term history. I mean, this was predating college, the neck injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it raises his head again in the NFL. Is this a concern for anyone? I'm going to say yes in a way because I don't, and the reason I'm thinking I'm seeing this, I'm the reason why is I'm thinking of the scenario what happened with Ryan Shazier for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the only thing I'm kind of concerned about. Like I, I know he's got the the protective um, backboard for his uh, for, for his neck and helmet. The neck roll, the neck yeah, roll. Yeah, <laughs> So it does make up a difference, but oh god, like it's. I don't know, man. And it's the same with it doesn't matter what position. Like obviously we were talking about QB, but one hit from a home snap. But it's the same with a linebacker. Or it's just waiting to tackle in a certain yeah. way, and that's it. You can pinch that wee nerve, and that's it. Lights are shut out. Yeah. So 
you get a stinger, it could lead to anything else. Oh, oh God, yeah. I, and stingers are the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had a few of them over the years. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's... For, for a guy his size as well, like, again, I've I've met LVE as well in the, in the, in the star in Frisco, and he has a big boy, man. I, like, I couldn't, like... And sure, I just can't believe this guy actually is a linebacker. If I'm honest, I would have thought you stand next to him, you would think he was like a defensive end because of his height. Like, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Like, and I don't know if that maybe have something to do with it because he is a big, powerful sized figure for that position. So, yeah. And, yeah, and that, means, that, means, that means he needs to go lower, even lower than most linebackers to make the tackle. And that could actually have some strain on the net in terms of making those tackles so that could be some factor behind that and he's very much he, he is the, the best way i look at it is a guy you just mentioned uh just previously when we were talking about james smith he reminds me of brian urlacher uh, mm. uh, not just not just across the neck roll but it's, just, roll. It, <laughs> but it's it's a style of play the style yeah yeah like the way he runs runs in coverage and how he tracks down like the uh, wide receivers yeah. like going into his like if it's zone or man doesn't matter doesn't matter but he's, he's on him like that yeah you want mm. your linebacker to be a tackling machine and that is a, and is exactly what I, he is I, I think what defined that funders was from his rookie season where I, I can't remember what game it was but basically he he basically tackled two people at once he tackled down an offensive lineman and mm. the running back at the same time that just yeah, comes to grabbed, that just, grabbed over the top of him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just brought both of them down, and I just thought that is just sheer grit, sheer yeah. grit and power. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, but I mean, Graham, Brian, you got to take anything you want to say about LVE before we move on to the next guy. The the neck does again. It gives me a little bit of concern as well, just because of the college injury and. Because of, of where it is, I mean, if you can imagine a linebacker, when he goes in for the tackle, he's either putting the helmet to the left or to the right, so mm-hmm. it is a concern. I mean, if if it was a if it was a wide receiver we were talking about, you're maybe thinking, nah, maybe not so much, but because he has to put his full body in, and the, the neck is such a fragile area, as we know, mm-hmm. it's got to be a concern. Um just to add on top of what you just said there, Graham, we've not even talked about what happens if an accidental head-to-head mm, collision. Really. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, I mean, I like, I love Van Der Esch. I think he's a great player, especially great. from his rookie season. And yeah. uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, he missed, just looking at his stats, he missed the Giants game in week nine, but came back for two weeks. Mm. Was he That's sat right. down? In week twelve, or was the week nine injury different? Can anybody remember? I think he, I, he, he think came was... back. He came back, and it just—it was one of them things where they were trying it and trying it. Yeah, and he just didn't. Yeah, it, it, it played a couple of snaps, and it just didn't. Fit. It just didn't yeah. like. It was one of those ones. Is like, nah, it just didn't. It, right into the position, and that's why they brought him back out. Yeah. They just try to try to see if there was anything. Feel, so yeah, that makes me think that they're trying to manage the injury, which is sensible. Yeah. Um, it was quite obvious though during yeah. those two games. Yeah. Um, if if you're looking for, I don't really know if it's a criticism because I, I, I I'm not too much of a defensive guy, but I, from my understanding of it, a fourth a four three linebacker isn't necessarily required for sacks and mm-hmm. interceptions and so it's on. More for, it's more for the coverage. Side. It's for, yeah. it's for yeah, tackling yeah. and coverage, isn't it? So yeah. you can't really. You can't really give them too much stick for the sacks and the, the interceptions and so on. Um, I, ju- I just wonder if it's a, a, an overstressed position by other parts of the team or the, the side of the ball falling mm-hmm. down around about it, and then we lost Van der Esch. And yeah. That's, I mean, I think it's I think it's no coincidence that we lost Van der Esch towards the end of November, and that's when it really started to unravel. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he's one. He's one of the the kind of shining beacons for that defense that you can build the team around. They haven't looked at linebacker in the draft, so they obviously think Van Der Esch, Smith, Lee can get the job done. 
I'm 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 going to counter that slightly just on just on the draft in the fact that we did look at a lot of the top linebackers this year in terms of um, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, yeah, some of those guys, Zach Bond. Zach Bond as well, and I think I think there was also talk of Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that we did look at linebackers. Yeah, as potential it. top three picks. Mm. So I don't know whether that's a signpost or it's more a case of um, McCarthy and his team were looking towards, right, if we switch it up and do play some snaps as a 3-4, that we need outside linebackers as well and that they planned to manage Jalen and Layton as being the inside guys. Yeah. Okay, but I I would say yeah that look at is the key term, mm. and they opted to go for a luxury pick at wide receiver. That's the as thing. opposed to fix a problem yeah. at, at middle linebacker. Yeah. Um, but l- like you say, I mean, Sean Lee's not going to be there forever. Yeah. Um, could they have gone for a middle a uh, middle to late round linebacker? Possibly. Mm. Didn't. Uh, here's here's a, an obvious, and I think it might be this might be down to the fact that it is a different coach we've got now. That would have a lot to play. See if we were still under Jason Garrett, I could probably see us definitely going for more more defensive position because that like they know under that coaching staff that was mm-hmm. the weakest point. He would strengthen it, but McCarthy's came in, brought his coaching staff, reevaluated everything along with Jerry, gave their personal input in, and they would see, like, just get the best player available. We can work with these guys to suit this new system, and we can evaluate it during training camp. If we need to get someone else in, we can do it at a later date. Mm -hmm. In other words, Blake Martinez, who signed a mega deal with the Giants. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But, again, sort of, if you you look at Paul's point and expand on it a little bit further, right, in in our last however many drafts, right, our first round picks have been Zeke, Taco, um, then we had uh, we had Tristan Hill and yes. Leighton Van Der Esch, right? Two of those guys were Rod Marinelli picks, yeah. In terms of Taco and Tristan Hill, and one of them was a bust, and we don't know what the second one is yet. And it it was great well, we to see know, we in, know the potential of the of yeah, mm-hmm. but it was great to see this year that we made sensible picks. In that you know you could see them picking according to the board. You know that when you look at it, right? Lamb was a luxury pick. We all know that. We're not going to debate that any further. He was number six on the board. Trayvon Diggs was considered at that pick for CD Lamb. We got him in the second. Paul's boy Neville Gallimore was being considered in the second. We got him in the third. We got Bradley and I in the fifth. You know, those guys fell into our laps, but we made sensible picks and went after those guys. And that was great to see. And, you know, that a coaching team, and as we say, we can't ever give this guy enough credit, Will McClay picked yeah. sensibly, you know. And you can see all of those guys being contributors this year which is great to see whereas for the last couple of years as i say we saw a bust and we don't know what we have yet with tristan hill yeah i think also i think a lot as well as the mccarver's other coaching staff they would have their inputs in it as well like and and one of the other bigger needs we need to improve as well and i know we're just talking about defense but special teams john Mm. fassell john john i can't pronounce the same is it fassell or fassell Fassel, I think. Fassel. Right. Yeah. Fassel, right. So he would have his inputs. It's like this guy could actually be a good runner, a gunner, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they were if we were to draft him, they they would definitely make a good impact in special teams and stuff like that. So it's all yeah. these other considerations they need to think about as well. And I feel as though during that whole draft process this year we did that. Like mm. there was a lot of consideration of like varying those options. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, and I know we're I know we're going to cover it in a couple of shows times, but if you look at our special teams, we've taken a big hit in special teams this year yeah. in terms of gunners like 
Jeff Heath obviously was a huge Mar- special teams Mar- player. Swisser. Yeah. Um, the other guy I'm thinking of is Kayvon Frazier. Both of those no. guys were huge on special teams, and they're gone. And we need to, we needed to fill them in as yeah. well. And they've they, they've done something that can yeah. help the team. Like we actually, I mean, a couple of the guy I just mentioned that a couple of seasons ago we dra- actually drafted them. Like was it the fourth round, right? Ryan Switzer, yeah, North Carolina, North Carolina. We had him for one season, and he was mm. great in special teams. He was great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, talking of special teams, here's uh, some guys that are rotational, but also um, special teams fillers, if you like. Uh, we've got the three backup linebackers. Uh, so Joe Thomas, Justin March, a.k.a. Justin March Lillard, but mm-hmm. Lillard, and Luke Gifford, who's a guy that they decided to keep hold of, which is quite interesting. Now yeah, he's, he's, Joe- like, he's quite a flexible uh, linebacker. He can play yeah. outside and middle. He yeah. was quite an interesting one because if you yeah. remember uh, that, well, Luke Gifford, this is his second year. Um, he was mm. an undrafted free agent from the Cornhuskers. Yeah. Um, now, this was a guy where everyone was like, uh, maybe practice squad, but they actually kept him on the active roster, which mm. made you be like, hmm, so what have we got here? Um, but jo- uh, out of the three guys, uh, Joe Thomas is the vet, uh, the oldest veteran, 29, six years. Um, this is be his sixth year in uh, the league, taken undrafted uh, by Green Bay. He's 1.2 million on a cap. Uh, believe it or not, last year he played in 15 games mm-hmm. uh, with 33 tackles and a forced fumble as well. Yeah. Uh, just in March, on the other hand, he's the middle guy. Uh, 27, six years, mind you, from Akron. Undrafted free agent as well from Kansas, then bounced around Seattle, Miami, uh, and the Cowboys in and out as well. But he's back again. One-year deal for a million. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Now, he has, in his last two years with the Cowboys, has been in 32 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, though, uh, rotating. Yeah, and, rotation. Yeah. And doing other yeah, coming in like for third down or fourth down and like emergency mm-hmm. like perhaps or whatever. Yeah, 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 and being there on special teams because uh, he's only in those thirty-two games racked up sixteen tackles, so yeah. Yeah. it's more rotational duty. And then Luke Gifford, as we mentioned, then he's the Cornhusker. He will be a restricted free agent in twenty twenty. Three-year deal. He's the second year of that deal at one point seven million against the cap this year. Uh, sorry, one point seven million is the total deal. 670k for the year so um really hasn't got much pull on the cap and in that time he's been in six games with six tackles so he's done his job um let's go around the horn how do you rank these guys i'll start with uh you brian we'll go alphabetical yeah joe thomas justin march and luke gifford yeah, for me, Thomas is your fourth fort linebacker, and yeah. the familiarity with Mike McCarthy is only going to play into his hands because That's McCarthy it. knows what he has. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a great third down linebacker, and mm-hmm. he is great in coverage. Go back, watch some of his ladder tape with the Green Bay Packers, and you will see him on third down breaking up play. Um, I would expect Gifford to displace um, Justin March as the fifth as your fifth choice linebacker uh, during the course of the season because taking us back to this time last year when we started the podcast and any chats we had with the likes of Brian Broadus or offline when we would have been chatting to some of the other Cowboys staff they were all saying keep an eye on Luke Gifford this guy will make the 53 and he did yeah yeah so that's that's how I'd rank them would be Thomas Gifford March Okay. But all, but all three should be great contributors on your special teams as well. Yeah. Yes, I, I I can't argue with that. I completely agree with Brian on that. <laughs> but I, I, don't really, I don't really have much to add on top of that. You just nailed yeah, it. No. Profit. That's my exact same thought process that behind that. All right. Um, you got to take on any of those guys, then, great. Otherwise, or do you want us to move to the rookies? Aye. <laughs> Stole my thunder with Joe Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely knocked out of the park with Joe Thomas. Um, Fucking yeah, the, only, the only one, the only one I think could be a little underdog in that entire group is Justin March. Um, there's something sneaky there. I've just got that feeling, and it'll come together. But, but let's wait and see. But um, we did take two other guys. Oh, go on. Sorry. 
I was just going to say we were quite happy that we managed to sign him back on. Mm. So yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, it's a solid one year deal for a million, yeah. so it's not much on the cap. Yeah. Um, you get to see what was there for another year. You yeah. know, he's reliable. You know, like I say, it, with the two years he's been with the Cowboys, he's been involved in mm. thirty-two games. Yeah, like if you yeah. are getting a guy like that on the cap for for one million. And as a fifth or sixth choice linebacker, he's contributing. Yeah. When we're playing a four-three defense, that's yeah. that's exactly what he's trying to reps regardless. He's yeah. Trying to reps at yeah. linebacker, especially, especially when Van Der Esch and Lee can be injury problems. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just to touch on Joe Thomas for a minute, the the second year, um, just looking at the stats, sixty-three yeah. tackles, uh, mm. five passes deflected mm. uh, an interception and yeah. he, he played all he was involved in all 16 games in that year so you just wonder if that if that could be topped up a little bit um he would he would become a mainstay of the team um mm-hmm. you just wonder if the McCarthy effect yeah uh, like yeah. like we well, talked about before Blake Martin has made his he's made his money in New York now so um, if they're wanting to bring another somebody else into the mix, um, you'll know Thomas well, especially yeah. with uh, all sorts of reduced time with the players and postseason, mm-hmm. uh, preseason, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, he won't be too different to the guy that he he left in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right then. Uh, uh, there are then uh, on the roster battling for spots are two rookies, both taken as undrafted free agents. So there's Azur Kamara uh, from Kansas and Francis mm. Bernard from Utah. Um, so out of the two guys, uh, Kamara had, because they both went to the combine, uh, Kamara had the better. Um, you had a 4.5940, mind you, in the 10 yard split, which mm. is impressive. That's good. Uh, 121, 121 in the broad jump, and a 446 in the shuttle. And one of the things he is good at is short area quickness. Um, so the shuttle showing that off a bit. The only issue I've got with him. Right, guys? And I'll let you take a hold of this. I know Paul's itching to go on him, so I'll let him take uh, it. Oh, the I, was only just, issue... I was just about to say, he's not just a linebacker. He actually had reps playing defensive line, playing as an end, as a hybrid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. here's the issue I've got with him, right? Only 13 reps on the bench. Mm. When there's wide receivers bashing more than that out. So, what's everyone's take on Kamara then? Have we got anything? Uh, we, we talked, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the the size, the stats of the players that were being brought in, and um, at the NFL.com has him has him listed at six four, two three five. Yeah, so he's a big guy. Uh, yes. Maybe what... just gives him the edge over Bernard, but I think it does. Not, I'm, not just... mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Like, no. Because the way I'm seeing it is just because he has been moved about from being like a coverage, like outside linebacker, to be more of a defensive end. So he's like, he's been positioned as this type of Von Miller, like hybrids. You know what I mean? Like sometimes he's on the line, sometimes he's in coverage type of thing. Mm. So, um, but for that, like that's where the hate does come into play, I suppose. But just, just, um, just to let you know, breaking news, breaking news, Dak, breaking news. Oh. They, they, they are the Cowboys. Dak and his agents are all in communication talks right now in the Star. Ooh. Deadlines make deals, guys. Now we weren't going to talk about Dak because obviously no, we're recording we this on a Tuesday, yeah. uh, but that's just come out. Uh, so very exciting news. That could be a deal being made. Uh, obviously, it's got to happen before midnight, but that's. Over with you guys uh, over in the states. Midnight year happens in about two or three hours. <laughs> so, guys, guys could you could you could you imagine if it was a ten-year deal? <laughs> could you imagine? And we've just said all that we've said about my. Oh, so, 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 
<laughs> so, so, so can we start talking about um, potential deals for J, J, Jamal Adams and uh, Jadavian Clowney now, please? Oh. <laughs> uh, now, the only thing I'm going to say, mind you, just to bring us back a minute right on... Uh, just to bring us back <laughs> on is playing with Dorrance Armstrong, who was a teammate, so they played yeah. together. So... This is a little one. Uh, but Francis Bernard, uh, this guy, and then we'll talk about our last guy on the list. Uh, Bernard, I mean, this guy's got quite a road to go down. Um, 4.82 in the 40. Um, 120 on the broad jump, 19 on the bench. Uh, and even then, I mean, you know, with, with Bernard looking at it, it seemed to be his IQ that was letting him down. His football IQ, reading coverage. I noticed that quite a lot. I'm going to stand up for the guy here. Watch his game tape. His game tape yeah. is very, very impressive. It, it's and I think, I, th- I, th- I think his stock went down based off what happened in the combine. But when you look at the game tape, he is a big guy. Um and he he can tackle he can lay the wood from what i from what i saw now i'm open to being corrected by any of you but that that is what i saw that he was he was projected maybe sixth maybe seventh round and the numbers at the combine dropped him out into udfa yeah i mean i still think he's got a long road to go down because it's more the iq like He's got hand techniques. Um, when he's in coverage, he'll make the play, but it's trying to get him there in the first place um, is what I've got on him. But we'll talk about this last guy. Um, really, what I'm actually doing right now is talking very slowly, trying to buy time to see what happens with the Dak deal. <laughs> but the last guy... Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm trying to get as much gossip right now. I, I have sent some messages around to the guys over in um, the star to see if they've got any news, which we can bang out now. But it looks like everyone's offline at the moment. So I should mm-hmm. tell you all you need to know. <laughs> um, but there's one last guy. We could have included him in last week's uh, conversation with the D-line, but we'll add him as a linebacker. Is Randy Gregory. Um, now, if he's applied for reinstatement, what do you guys all think? Do you think, A, he'll get reinstated, and B, uh, what sort of effect he'd have on the roster? Right, I've got a character question for that. Do I want him in the team? Yes. Okay. But is it likely that he's going to get reinstated? How long is a piece yes. of string? Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, I'm still... I'm still I, you just may never know what Goodell is thinking, man, or what he's smoking these days. Well, I asked the question. I asked the question. Uh, who was it I asked the question to? I forget who it was. It might have been Derek Eagleton. But um, I said, uh, you know, he's supposed to be reinstated. They've applied. What's going on? And one of the things he came up with was, look, the coronavirus has got a lot to do with things running a bit slower than normal. Offices are closed. People can't communicate as quickly so whether that has an effect I don't know but I think one of the reasons why things are slowing down for if, if it's documents that it's on the computer and people are I working know. from home I, like, I, I see like I'm just saying it from my experience I've actually been more productive working from home in terms of what I've been doing like because I can still communicate with people but I'm not having the interruptions as much like being in an office environment so I I don't buy that at all. I don't know why, yeah. but I, it's just I, I think it's just because that's what's going on with me when it comes to my job. I know it's completely different because it's over in the states and that, but uh, I don't know. It's it's just a person. I just don't. I just find that just being absolute twats to the end of the day. <laughs> that's the NFL. <laughs> that is the NFL, is what they say. But guys, um, that is. Uh, we've gone over the hour. Um, so that is, of course, the end of this week's show. Now, uh, before we go away and I get you to all say goodbye, you must remember, what, guys, that uh, if you're planning to go to a game this season, if the season kicks off, or shall I say when the season kicks off, because uh, I'm going for positive mental attitude. Make I sure hope so. 
Yeah, I'm for you as well, Paul. Can't forget you. Make sure you book your ticket through uh, Cowboys Experience. Um, when you do use uh, book your uh, tour or your tickets through Cowboys Experience, use the booking code UK Cowboys to get a free gift uh, and get a little bonuses. As we say every week as well, when you do and you go to the events, send us your pictures and your messages. We love to see what's going on over there. Um, We'll post them up for you on the page as well. Uh, but, guys, this week, that is the linebacker call. Next week is defensive backs. So we are edging ever so closer to the end of season one. Um, but from myself, from Paul, from Brian, and from Graham, this is UK Cowboys TV. We will see you next week, guys. Bye-bye. See you next time. Good luck, folks.